0: This is a day that the Lord has made. <laughs> I'd like to welcome you all here this morning, the fourth Sunday of Lent. I'm um, using Divine Service 3 from the service book, Kim number 743, 571, 422, 556, and 543. We'll follow the hour of service you'll received on the way in the on page 3
1: with confession and absolution. Father, we're sharing the peace and the confession
0: and you forgave the iniquity of my sin.
1: Let us kneel and receive the confession of sin. Thank St. Luke, the 15th
0: chapter. Now the tax collectors and the sinners we were all growing drawing near to hear Jesus, and the Pharisees and scribes brought saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. There was a man that had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, and Father, Give me the share of property that is coming to me, And he divides the property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey to a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country and began to be in need. So he went to hire himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields. And he was walking to be fed at the pods of the pig's king, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish in hunger. I will rise and go to my father, and I will say to the Father. I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. He was lost and was found, and they began to celebrate. Now, his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing, and he called one of his servants and asked what these things meant. And he said, to them, Your brother has gone, and your father has killed the fat cat, because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him, but he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you and never disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured the property of prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf. And he said to his son, son you are always me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and glad, for this your brother was dead, and is alive, he was lost. And you this is the Gospel of the Lord. Mm-hmm. This
2: time the
1: big people will my youngsters and invite like the youngsters in the congregation of visitors to more of the children.
0: continue with the sermon and God loved the world so that he gave on page 9. Of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Please be seated. Can you walk into a bank where you don't have an account? Go to the teller and demand that the teller give you money. I suppose you can do that, but they call that bank robbery. Can you go to your boss and demand that she give you a ten thousand dollar bonus? No. Why not? Because it doesn't belong to you. You, It's not owed to you. Can you just go to your parents and demand your inheritance? Mom, Dad, I I can't wait until you die. I want my share now. Can you do this? Of course not. People would talk. People would say, the audacity, the the scandal, how dare he think he can just waltz in and speak to his parents like that and demand his inheritance? But this is what the younger son does in Jesus' parable of the prodigal, the wasteful, the free-spending son. He goes to his father and he demands his inheritance as if the father owes this to him, as if it is the father's debt. Now, in Jesus' parables, we need to examine who's who. The Father is God. The sons represent us humans. The younger son goes to the Father and demands an inheritance as if it is owed to him. How often is that the way that people treat God? We go to God and we demand our inheritance from him as if he owes us. How many view salvation from God as their their right? Folks say, I believe in God, and yet their lives are unaffected by this belief. They say, sure, I'll go to heaven, why wouldn't I? Salvation is viewed as a, a heritage, a birthright, it's just demanded from God, and then they leave home to live a life apart from and unaffected by the Father. I'm afraid this can be the case for many that have distanced themselves from the church, from the body of Christ. Without even being aware, folks demand their inheritance from God, the forgiveness of their sins, and then they drift away from the church and head off to a foreign land and squander that inheritance. Folks claim forgiveness as their right, but you don't deserve forgiveness. It's not owed to you. It is not God's debt to you. Rather, it is a gift that he freely offers in his word and his sacraments. This forgiveness was won through Jesus' holy, precious blood and his innocent suffering and death. You cannot purchase it. You cannot earn it. You cannot demand it. It is a gift which you receive each week here as you gather as the body of Christ, as you kneel before the Lord in confession, and at the communion rail as you eat and drink from the fountain and source of all goodness. For those who are members here at Emmanuel or becoming members, this is your home, your spiritual home. And there is great danger in leaving home to live in a world and forsake the fountain of forgiveness that's found here. It's dangerous to leave home. But this happens all too frequently. The worries of this world, the busyness of life, choke out your connection to the body of Christ. Our confirmands and their families too often, it seems, take their inheritance and depart for a foreign land. Our precious young people stand here in their white robes and they promise to remain faithful to this church and to suffer all, even death, rather than fall away. And then they disappear into the foreign land to squander their inheritance. The college years are a great danger. Our young people leave home and head off to the university, where there is an abundance of options of worldliness into which they can be trapped. They are away from us, and many do not find a local congregation to serve as a spiritual home away from home while at college. We've been that home away from home for a number of students at Miami University, but there are so many who live their college years spiritually away from home, like the younger son, off in a foreign land, squandering his inheritance. Families can become busy with sports and activities. They claim their inheritance and drift off into a foreign land. Folks can wander away to the latest and greatest new community church that has a great band and a great video system and a charismatic, likable pastor. But instead of teaching about sin and forgiveness, they teach you how to live well in the foreign land, how to feel good about yourself while you're living there. Folks of any age can have a crisis in their life, and this can be used by the devil to separate you from the body. It could be a divorce or an illness, or a move to a new area that causes people to drift off into a foreign land. It's a danger as you grow older and weaker that you allow this to separate you from the body. Don't give the devil a foothold. For those that are too ill or too weak to come here to receive the forgiveness of sins, we will bring it to you at home. Most folks have allowed themselves to drift at one time or another, Often it's not so much a conscious decision, but rather they've allowed other things to overwhelm life. And if you find yourself in a foreign land like the younger son, what do you do? When you find that you've squandered the gift of forgiveness in wild living, what do you do? When you find yourself in the spiritual pig pen starving for some real food, what do you do? What do you do when you find yourself empty after chasing fulfillment through intimacy without commitment? What do you do when you find that the alcohol and the pot and the pills just don't numb the pain anymore? The younger son realizes that his father's servants have a better life than living with the pigs in the mud of the foreign land. And the son returns home, humble and repentant, saying, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. When you find yourself alone and separated from the body of Christ, what do you do? You come home. You humble yourself before God and you come home to where you belong. You come home and get on your knees and confess that you are by nature sinful and unclean. You come home and... Get on your knees and confess you have sinned in thought, word, and deed. You come home and get on your knees and beg for the gift of forgiveness that previously you demanded, as if it were something you were owed. And God the Father will lift you up. He'll surround you with His love, wash you clean, and clothe you with the best robe, the robe of Jesus' righteousness. He'll restore you to your place as His Son, as His Daughter. He will invite you to the feast and there he will feed you with the very body and blood of Christ for the forgiveness of sins. What do you do when you find yourself in the mud? Come home. Come home and be welcomed with open arms by God the Father and by your brothers and sisters in Christ. Now this parable is not just about the younger son but also about the older, loyal son, the one that has been consistently devoted to his father, he too forgets his place. He too demands from the father what is only offered as a gift. He thinks he's earned it by his years of hard work and faithfulness. Be on guard against older son syndrome, in which you start to think that God owes you forgiveness because you have been faithful to him and faithful to his church for so many years. Guard against older son syndrome in looking down upon those who have lived for a while in a foreign land and found themselves in the mud and have humbly come back to our midst. Those returning are your brothers and sisters redeemed by the blood of Christ. You kneel with them at the altar of the Lord and this unites you with them who have wandered and returned. It's not for you to be bitter that the younger son is welcome back. It is a time for rejoicing. You do not have the right to think that another is less deserving of Christ's forgiveness. You can't kneel at the rail with a fellow Christian and wonder, what does she think she's doing coming here to the altar? Those who are loyal and faithful, be aware. In this parable, which son is in a better spiritual place? It's the younger son, broken down by knowing what the world truly has to offer, who realizes he is owed nothing, and who comes to his father in humility and penitence. The older son is in great danger because although he is with the father, he still thinks that his father owes him. The father owes him nothing, but all that he has is for the son. The father owes you nothing, But he offers you everything as a gift. No matter if you have been a faithful disciple of Jesus for 90 minutes or 90 years, you still approach God, God the Father the same way. You come to him with empty hands in humility and repentance to receive his great and abundant gifts of forgiveness, life, and salvation. You cannot demand forgiveness. It's not God's debt to you. The good news is that forgiveness is already yours. A gift from God through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. You are not owed forgiveness, but you have been given forgiveness. Given life and salvation by your Heavenly Father. Amen. And now may the peace of God, the peace that is beyond understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in true faith until our Lord Jesus returns in glory. Amen. We rise and confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born and virgin Mary, suffered in the conscious child, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe the, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, Sheila Barberry, our school parent, battling cancer and um, getting in the end. For Courtney Wagner, Larry and Lisa Knapp's daughter, having a difficult pregnancy. For the family of Carolyn E. Muller, who died this last Tuesday. For Norman Kincaid, a friend of Georgia, who's been diagnosed with st- stomach and ovarian cancer. For Brian Bowman, Dolores' son, who's hurt his back away from the waiting test results. For Shelly, uh, Beth Fleming's sister, who's suspected and breast cancer. For Jenny, and friend Kim Freeman's battle of cancer and infection. For Kim Freeman's brother Doug Vaughn, who's grateful for answered prayer for beat the to recover from surgery, and for Kristen Yogg who hospitalized with a bottle of destruction. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For contrition over our sin and joy and confession and absolution, that God will give us a proper knowledge of evil. We have done and deal with us according to a steadfast love. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord I have mercy. For confidence in Christ alone that God our Father calls to repentance whenever we wander into sin, or believe we have earned a place in his household by our works, That he would return to us the certainty that we are found alive in his son. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord I have mercy pastors, teachers, musicians, and all church workers of God who bless their daily labors to make known his deeds among the peoples, let us pray to the Lord. Lord. For our hearts ever grateful that in holy baptism the Lord washes us thoroughly from our iniquity and cleanses us from our sin, let us pray to the Lord. We might live in peace and freely make known his message of reconciliation. Let us pray to you. Amen. For those who needed mercy, healing, and help, including Becky, Anna, Shauna, Sheila, Courtney, Norma, Ryan, Shelly, Jenny, Doug, Crystal, and Carol Stanley, that the Lord would deliver them according to his will and remind the them of the day of the sorrow and sickness. Lord. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who partake the Holy Communion today, that they may come penitently prepared to receive the body of one the Holy One who dwells in their midst. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Let the people of God in their various would rejoice and make known His deeds on all the earth. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. All these things, and whatever else we know the Grant us, Father, for the sake of him who died and rose again and now lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever. Amen. Thanks to the Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who overcame the assaults of the devil and gave his life as a ransom for many, that with cleansed hearts we might be prepared joyfully to celebrate the Paschal feast in sincerity and truth. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, that will praise you and say, Samuel also took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the new testament to my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do it as often as you drink it, in remembrance of. Thank you. This is Solitary gift, And we implore you that have your mercy to strengthen us to the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.